0: Do you have your Bible? Let's open it. John chapter 14. Take your Bible and let's open the Word of God to John chapter 14. How many read the Word of God every day? Do your best to read the Word of God every day. How many would say, I want to do better in the area of reading my Word every day, reading the Word of God every day? You're trying, but sometimes it's a struggle. Thank you for being honest. Make it a priority. Lock in a place and a time. And that's just you and God. You want God to speak to you? That's a literal question. Do you want God to speak to you? Well, he might speak audibly. I've never had it happen. Some have. But I know for a fact, and I promise you today, that he will speak through his word. I know he will. And so if you really want God to speak to you and give you direction and give you clarity for your life and the way to live your life, read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Memorize the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Delight in the Word of God. And He will speak to you. Just as He's going to do right now. John 14. I also want to invite everyone. Right after service today, we have a Dominican Republic fundraiser. We're taking a group to the Dominican Republic in January, so we're trying to raise some funds. We've got a pasta supper, a pasta dinner for you. You're going to go buy lunch somewhere. Why not just do it here? And you can feed your belly and also help us to, uh, to get to the Dominican Republic. That would be greatly appreciated. Also, I want to remind you there is no service on the 27th. Wednesday the 27th, in order to help you better prepare for Thanksgiving, many of you will be having family in and friends in, many of you will be cooking, and so we just postpone and cancel out that Wednesday evening in order to really help you to uh, enjoy Thanksgiving so, uh, and enjoy your family. One more thing before we read the text today. How many saw on the news that tragic typhoon that went through the Philippines over the weekend? It's horrific folks. And I feel that we should do something about it. We have Filipino families in our church here today that I dearly love and I thank God for the diversity in this in this church and I feel we should we should do something. Convoy of Hope is one of the greatest outreaches around the world. They are there. Uh, They are one of the most immediate responders after tragedy comes. Convoy of Hope, it's through our Assemblies of God. I would like to give Convoy of Hope an offering from La Palma Christian Center earmarked for this tragedy. I'd like to do it in two weeks. So the Sunday before Thanksgiving, how about we together collect some funds and give an offering of thanks and help somebody that really needs it. Does that sound like a good idea to anybody? So I've given you two weeks to collect some more money. This is above and beyond. I realize that. This is above and beyond your ties. It's above and beyond your missions. But I just feel like it's right. And so let's, in two weeks, collect an offering that we can give to Convoy of Hope and make a difference for the people there suffering. John 14, follow along with me, starting with verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. How many believe in God today? Well, that's us then. You believe in God, Jesus said, well, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. This better translates actually as many rooms. There are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, look closely, everyone. I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, Father, we are quite amazed, actually, at all that you have done in this room already today. You have filled this house with your presence and with your power and strength. Now we quiet ourselves, so hungry for your word, so desperate for what it might do. And I pray that today, God, every heart would be open and ears open and attentive. Speak to us today concerning the coming of Jesus. We give you praise. Amen. Where do you go when you have trouble? Who do you talk to? When trouble comes, some talk to the mother, don't they? Yeah, one of the first calls for many will be mom. Yeah. I wish I had my mother here that I could pick up the phone and say, mom, help me. Mom, pray for me. If you have a mother that is a believer and you have access to that, you should give God thanks that that's one access, one availability for you in your time of trouble. Yeah. I, I don't have that now. Some go to their brothers, let's say. I have three sisters and no brothers. So I didn't have that privilege of just having that brother. How many have a brother that you just thank God you've got a brother? It's really great. Well, my mother may be gone, and it may be that I never had any brothers to speak of, but God somehow gave me adopted mothers, and God's given me brothers all along the way that I can still have some good help. Maybe a sister. You're, you're calling on a sister. You're calling on people. Let me, let me encourage you. One source of help when trouble comes is what I just mentioned a moment ago. It's the word of God. God's word will absolutely bring you help and comfort when trouble comes. And let's face it, trouble's coming. It comes to all. All. We all lose someone that we love to death. We all face difficulties day after day. Tragedy comes knocking on all of our doors. Trouble comes. Many have found great strength and comfort in this particular text. Six verses there in John chapter 14. Some of the most familiar verses in all of the New Testament. In this text, we find words to help us in our time of trouble. So what makes this text so helpful? Well, the words are written in red. What's that mean? They're written in red, which means they're the words spoken by Jesus. This concludes, by the way, this sermon today will conclude the six-week series entitled Written in Red. Our focus today is Jesus coming for us. And aren't you glad that Jesus is coming for us? Do you still believe that he is coming? Just because he has delayed his coming, don't ever think that he's not coming because Jesus said, I, I'm leaving, I'm preparing a place, but I'm coming back. And if Jesus said, I'm coming back, you better bank on that. You better know that Jesus is, in fact, going to come back. How many are glad that Jesus is coming this soon? Hallelujah. They're helpful because they're Jesus' words. There are three aspects of this text that I want us to look closely at today. First of all, before he comes, we have perfect peace. Boy, don't we need that. Look at what he told his disciples there in verse number one. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. And here is where the peace lies it's believing in God. You've got to believe in God Almighty. It's astounding how many people have decided not to believe in God. They believe in themselves, they believe in worldly systems, they believe in education. They believe in the family. There are so many other things that people will believe in, but just to believe in God because we can't see him, because we we can't touch him, we can't hear him. Well, we can. You know what I'm saying, right? I spoke to God today, by the way. God spoke to me today. And so they decide not to believe in him. But if we will put our our trust and our faith and our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have perfect peace until he comes. Now, he's coming soon. I believe that. No man knows the day or the hour, but we do have signs to look for. These signs are what we're to look for, the Bible tells us. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be. People giving in marriage and and being merry and, and just carefree. That sounds like today. But until he comes, we have peace. Let me talk to you a little bit about this peace. Jesus exhorted his his disciples, don't be troubled, just be at peace. He wanted them to be at peace. And so he gave them a gift of peace. The peace that God offers is a gift. A little bit later in this chapter, chapter 14, verse number 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. There's the gift of peace. Not as the world gives, however, do I give to you. And then he says it again, what he'd already said in verse number one. He says again in verse 27, Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The gift of peace. One of the best gifts I believe God gives. The gift of peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit, by the way, too. Love, joy, peace. Produced by the Spirit. A gift from God. And God knew we would need this peace. How many are just thankful that God gives you peace and you don't lose your mind? God knew that we were living in a crazy, upside-down world. John 16, Bring that scripture up for the folks today. These things I've spoken to you that in me... Somebody say, in me. in me. Now, it's Jesus talking, so I'm not saying in Steve or in you. We're talking about in Jesus. These things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer... I have overcome the world. Wow. Jesus knew we lived in a crazy and upside-down world, and so he gave us the gift of peace. But the, the key here, folks, is to stay in Christ. In me, he said, you will have peace. The trouble is people try to find peace in other places. Remember what I just said in John 14, 27? Bring that back up for us. John 14, 27, in the world, not as the world gives. My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. See, some folks, they get connected with Christ and they, 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 they find Christ and they decide to follow Christ, but then their friends start pressuring them or, or the world starts pressuring them and they try to break off a little bit and they find themselves going on another path. And then they still need the peace that God said He would give you as long as you stay in Christ. Stay in the vine. The source is in the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. We've got to stay connected to the vine. That's the source of our peace. We can't go off over here and then wonder why we're we're, we're malnourished spiritually. We're starving to death spiritually. We're not connected into the vine anymore. We wonder why we're, we're under attack. We wonder why we're... we're we don't have any peace anymore. He said, in me you would have peace. And the peace that I give you is not like the world gives. So now we're disconnected and we're over here and we still need peace. So what happens? We try to find peace in other ways. Well, I just need a little wine before I go to bed at night because it gives me peace. Well, maybe if you'd stayed connected into the vine, you wouldn't need that kind of peace. Oh, not, nobody wants to hear this today. I understand. See, we got, out, we got away from the, the source of the nutrients, the spiritual nutrients, and the peace that was provided in the vine. Now we're looking for other ways. Well, I, I, I get high and I, I do a little token at night because I need to unwind. And, You'd be shocked at how many believers think it's okay to to get high. It's crazy. You're right. And we give a good list of reasons why. Even medicinal reasons, right? It's for medicinal purposes. Can I just say, I think we're in danger when we start legalizing things that should not be legalized. And then under the guise of it helps my glaucoma or whatever. I don't know. I still say if we get stayed connected in the vine, we can get our peace and we can get our healing and we can get our comfort. And we come on, somebody help me today. Amen. Jesus said, I'm gonna give you a gift, and it's peace. Don't go to the worldly sources for your peace. You know, the United States is the number one producer. Of peace inducing drugs, Amen. antidepressants, and sleeping aids. Amen. They're the number one producer for the entire world. Oh. United States of America. And we're the number one consumer of those drugs. Amen. United States of America. Amen. I'm not I'm not preaching against prescription drugs and antidepressants or you know. Some people take a a sleeping aid at night, you know. I do say, be careful. But my, my point is, please hear my point. My point is heavenly peace that's offered as you stay connected in Christ. And you stay in the vine. In me, Jesus said, you will have peace. And the peace he gives, are you ready for this? It will blow your mind it will blow your mind in fact you, you somebody tries to say why in the world do you have a smile on your face didn't they just fire you yesterday and you go i know <laughs> well what are you gonna do i don't know but you have this peace that surrounds your heart and surrounds your mind you can't even explain it to somebody but see what's the philippians 4 say philippians 4 6 and 7 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God brace yourself and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and guard your mind through, here we go again, through or in Christ Jesus have you ever had that kind of peace come on you? You know, you got bad news from the doctor, you got bad news from the lawyer, you got bad news from the employer, whatever it might be, but yet God just came in and surrounded your heart. God just came in and surrounded your mind and you had peace. It's because God wants us to have peace. Don't get caught up in in everything that everybody else is getting caught up in. We're not like everybody else. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. And so when everybody else gets riled up about the end times or whatever, we can just have peace that we know God is going to blow a trumpet when he's ready and we're going to be snatched out of here. People getting anxious and and upset and worried about the government shutting down. I'm not saying we should not be aware, but folks, we should be at peace no matter what's going on in our nation. Because God is in control of this thing. Obama's not in control. Oh, I just stepped into something there. Let me wipe my shoe off. God is in control. I just want to say God is in control. God help me get back on my points here. I'm not bashing President Obama I'm really not I don't believe in that I pray for him I pray for him but he's not in control I know some of the decisions that he makes it affects our nation but you better know that God has the United States of America in his hands and in his sight and God hears us when we pray Lord bless the United States of America God turned the hearts of the leaders in our nation God is in control, folks. Rest in that. Have peace. Be at peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Come on, somebody. You believe in God? You believe in Jesus? Then be at peace today. Be at peace in your heart and in your mind. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't bite your fingernails. Be at peace. Mind-blowing peace. Peace that is beyond our ability to understand. And he'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind on him. Isaiah 26 3, you will keep him in perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you, because that's the proof of your trust. If your mind is stayed on him. So don't let your mind go wandering here, folks. Yeah, I lost my job. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How's God going to do this? Is God going to do this? A little bit of doubt creeps in. And then we start thinking wrong thoughts. And it takes away our peace. Our peace is gone. Because we didn't keep our mind stayed on him. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know when He's going to do it. I don't know where He's going to do it, but I know God is going to do it. And we just stay on that. Stay focused. Here's where spiritual clarity is coming for somebody. Focus is coming for somebody right here. This is the point of the service. Don't let your mind wander. Start thinking wrong thoughts and negative thoughts because it just snowballs It gets out of control. You want the peace of God? You got to think about the right things. No more stinking thinking. Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell him, no more stinking thinking. Come on, tell somebody else, no more stinking thinking. Think about the right things. Think about good things. Take your thoughts captive. You tell yourself what you're going to think about. You tell yourself what you're going to dwell about. Dwell on. Oh, first service didn't get all this. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus and then it goes on to tell us exactly what we're supposed to be thinking about. Finally brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, (laughs) meditate and think on these things. That's what we're to do. And he will keep you then. You better understand today the keeping power of God, the keeping power of Christ, the keeping power of trusting in him by putting your mind on him. He will keep you in perfect peace. How about we just let the peace of God rule our lives? How many want the peace of God to rule your life? Colossians chapter three and verse 15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart and in your mind to which you are also called into one body and be thankful. Here's another key for you folks. I'm giving you lots of keys today. Another key to the peace of God is just being thankful. What are you gonna do till you get another job? I don't know, but I'm going to thank God. I just thank God that He's in control. God's in control. I thank God that He's going to show me the right right path. He's going to open the right door. And you can just thank, you know, you can just thank your, your, your way right through. You can thank yourself right over. You can thank yourself right around something. And before you know it, you can look back and see the hand of God, and you just thanked Him all the way through the valley. You thanked Him all the way through the trial. Meanwhile, the peace of God was ruling in your heart and in your life. Amen. Amen. Let me move on. Before he comes, we have perfect peace. After he comes, you ready to get happy a little bit? We've got a prepared place. He said here in verse number 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Wow. After he comes, we have a prepared place. You ready for your new place? Now listen, I'm, I'm enjoying life on earth. I, I believe we're to have abundant life on earth. Amen. But I'm ready for heaven. I'm ready for another place at another time. And heaven is a real place, I believe, church. Not just something my mother told me and her mother told her and on and on it went. I believe it's real. I believe it because I believe the Word of God. Heaven. It's a place of, of beauty beyond belief. Great, great beauty in this place called heaven. Think of the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. Mirrors don't count. Sorry about that. Think of the most, the grandest, most beautiful thing you've ever seen. It can't compare to heaven. Heaven is a place of beauty beyond belief. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21, gives us a bit of a description of this great, great place called heaven. Walls of jasper, gates of pearl, Streets of gold and splendor beyond our belief. Not only is heaven a place of great beauty, heaven is a place of great freedom. You know, there's no, there's no bondage in heaven. No prisons in heaven. And maybe you've never been physically incarcerated and maybe you never had a, an actual prison door slammed shut. But I would dare say all of us have been captives in one way or another. All of us have been bound in one way or another. But there's no more bondage in heaven, folks. There's no temptation from the enemy. All that ceases. No more struggling. Amanda, there's no walkers in heaven. You won't need that, hon. You'll be whole. Your vision will be perfect. I know you pray that God would heal you. And we pray and believe God to heal. I see a wheelchair in the back. It's nice to have this guest with us today. Amen. It's wonderful to have the assistance of wheelchairs today. To be assisted by a wheelchair is really, really amazing. Stacey, I know you've devoted your whole life and and your your whole uh, livelihood to helping people um, that need assistance in in this area. And so we thank God for walkers and and wheelchairs and, and the various things that assist those who need them here on earth. But I've got to tell you something. There's no wheelchairs in heaven. I mean, it's amazing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you won't ever need it again? And you will just walk and you will dance and you will rejoice. It's amazing. There's no blind eyes in heaven, there's no deaf ears. Get this guys, no hearing impairment. I know you're reading my lips, you hear me some, but I know you're hearing impaired, both of you. There's none of that in heaven. You'll hear perfectly. It's amazing. No sickness, no disease, no cancer, no heart attacks, no kidney failure. (laughs) I mean, what's not to like about this place? Right? Wow. No arthritis, Miss Bonnie. No more arthritis, no more stiff joints. I won't wear some eyeglasses, no more, no cataracts. Joe, Joe, no cataracts. Wow, Mitch, the perfect heads God made bald, and He gave the rest hair. There's no disappointment in heaven. Isn't it it heartbreaking to be disappointed? You know, it just it affects everything. No loneliness in heaven. Loneliness is gone. No loneliness. Maybe the best part of heaven is eternal living starts. We start eternal living. We'll be reunited with loved ones. My mother is there. How many have a loved one that died and you're just confident they are in heaven? Wow, I can hardly wait. I was 14, as I said earlier. I was 14 when Mom died, and I'll be 50 next month. I miss my mom. You know, I miss my mom. But as much as I want to see Mom and my grandma's there and just different loved ones, I get to see Jesus. Anybody ready to see Jesus for the very first time? It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Him. Hallelujah. Make your plans to go to heaven. Make your plans to go to heaven. Prepare yourself to go to heaven. What are you saying, pastor? Well, He's only coming for prepared people. This brings me to my third point. Not everybody's going to heaven. He's coming for prepared people. Everybody thinks they're going to heaven. But it just does not line up with Scripture. And that's what I've devoted my life to is is studying the Scripture, believing the Scripture, and teaching the Scripture. Not everybody goes to heaven. Thomas was a little confused, wasn't he? Jesus said in verse number 4, where I go, you know. And you know the way there. Thomas says, hold on a minute. Sounds exciting, but where are you going? <laughs> and how do you get there? Thomas said in verse 5 Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And here's the verse for the day Mark it down. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are not many roads that lead to heaven, church. You can't just follow any religion that you want. I know that's, that seems uh, like we are intolerant, right? This is what we'll be labeled. But it, we're just speaking the truth and we do it in love. That's the, that's the critical point. When we speak the truth, it must be done in love. But there are not many paths that lead one to heaven. Jesus clearly said to Thomas, I'm the way. And if you want to see the Father and all of these mansions or rooms that he's preparing, you've got to come through me. Thomas wasn't the only one confused. It reminded me of confusion that happened with Nicodemus earlier in the Gospel of John. Jesus is talking about being born again. Remember this? Nicodemus was confused about this. Jesus said in verse number 3, unless one is born again, he can't see the kingdom of heaven. So Nicodemus asked in verse number 4, how can a man be born when he's old? That's a fair question. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? sounds crazy. I think he was a little confused. Jesus clarified things for Nicodemus just as he did for Thomas. Jesus said in verse 5, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's the physical birth that Nicodemus was thinking of, and born of the spirit, there's the spiritual birth. That's the born again. Unless one is born of water and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I don't know how much plainer this could be. Thomas was confused. Nicodemus was confused. But La Palma Christian Center ought not to be confused. There's no place for confusion for us because as Jesus clarified things for Thomas and for Nicodemus, it brings clarity to us today. Oh, Amen. You want to go to heaven? Yes. You must be born again. You want to go to heaven? The only way is through Jesus Christ. Pastor Moses, I want you to come. Jesus is coming, church. I know this much. I know he's coming. He said he was going to. I'm going. I'm preparing a place, but I'm coming again, and I'm going to receive you so that where I am, you can be there too. And if you want to be in that place with Jesus and with loved ones, perhaps who've already gone before and died, it has to be through Christ. And so we confess our need for Christ, we confess our sins to Christ, and we simply just ask for help from Christ. It's very simple. With your heads bowed, I want to ask this question. Are you sure today that you will go to heaven if you died or if the rapture occurred? Both are, both are possibilities, very viable possibilities. Don't ever think, well, I'm so young. I did a memorial service for a 52-year-old young man, 52 sounding younger every day. But we don't know, do we? We just must all be ready. Do you know where you would spend eternity? Would it be in heaven? It will be if you've accepted Christ and going through him and you've been born again. If not, let's make that right today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm really not sure, but I want to be sure. If you need prayer to accept Christ and ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to help you, I want you to raise your hand and let me pray for you today. I'm looking around this congregation. Amen. Anyone else? Just make sure. Just settle it today. Don't hold your breath and cross your fingers and wish on birthday candles. Oh, I hope I'm going to heaven. No, you can know today because you've asked Jesus to be your Lord. Anybody else, you would just lift your hand just before we dismiss today. Say, pray for me. I want to make sure. I want to know. If you've lifted your hand or you know you need to, I'm going to take, ask you to take a very courageous step, and that is to move from where you are and come to this altar at this time. Just take a deep breath and come here now. We've got some folks that are going to pray with you. Come on, let me, let me, let's seal this today. You know you're feeling this. And if you've lifted your hand, you just must take this next, next step. You, you'll be so happy you did. Pastor Moses, lead us in this chorus. And I want to pray with these folks today.
1: He is our peace. Yes. Who has broken down every wall.
0: Hallelujah. Give me a couple ladies here that could come and pray. Debbie, lead her. Thank you, Jesus. He is our peace.
1: He is our peace. Has broken
0: down. Come on, anybody else? We, we want to pray with you today. Know for sure, Is know for certain peace. that you will spend eternity in heaven.
1: Is a
0: peace. Cast all your
1: cares. Yes, all of your cares.
0: There's just one more area of prayer that I want to take time to pray with some folks. If you need that supernatural peace right now, there's a bit of turmoil perhaps in your life. There's some confusion maybe in your life. And you need that peace that kind of blows your mind that you can't really understand. But you need that peace to guard your heart and mind. Stand right where you are. And I believe that today it comes to you. Hallelujah. Don, it's coming to you right now, sis. Lift your hands and receive the pambarabosurabakasi. Hallelujah. The peace of God is going to rule your life. It's guarding your heart and your mind. Anybody else, you just need the peace of God. Stand to your feet and lift your hands and receive that today. Today, peace comes to you. There's no need for you to be confused. There's no need for you to walk in, in turmoil. Come on, church. Let's look around and see our family here. And I want you to go now and just stand with somebody and pray with them for the peace of God to come. That supernatural peace. Ladies with ladies, men with men. But come on and move right now. Everybody standing and go and find someone that you could pray with and let God use you right now to pray for his peace. He is our peace. Cast all your care. Oh For his peace. God, give that peace right now. Give each man and woman, every student that stood and is in need of your peace, God, let it be theirs now. The peace of God. May it rule their hearts. May it guard their hearts and minds today. And help them, Lord, to keep their minds on you as we await. You're coming.
1: Hey man, I want to remind you this morning, this afternoon, before, we, uh, before you get out of here, that we have an awesome pasta banquet for you waiting in the uh, parking lot. And uh, we have our DR team who's going to be serving you pasta and ice cream and salad. And all the proceeds go to our Dominican Republic trip. So I uh, pray that you would partner with us and help us uh, get out there. And also, I want to remind you about life groups tonight, that they are meeting and uh, get plugged in and connected to your life group uh, so you can meet and learn about God's word. All right, let's pray tonight before we uh, get out of here. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for salvation. Father, we thank you for your blessed hope, God, that you are coming for your church, coming for your bride. God, I pray, Lord God, that we would be ready, Lord God, and prepared, Lord God, for that day that you would come, God, that we would live Lord God, with our feet here on this earth, God, but with our hearts in eternity. Father, we thank you for reminding us, God, that you are coming. Lord God, and I pray that we would keep our eyes fixed on you. We ask you this today in Jesus' name. Amen.